0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 123 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hi, Megan. Hey, Sarah. What's shaking? What's shaken? Not much. We are about to answer some listener quandaries. We are. Yeah. So if you listened last week, hopefully you did. We took three listener questions and offered our advice on their parenting and motherhood questions. Um, and so we like to do these in a batch and just take a whole bunch and do it over two episodes. So this is a continuation. You can always go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Um, but we do have three more listener questions that were sent in either via email or by one wonderful listeners recording their voice and sending it in. We also have one international listener, which is always so fun love to that. hear from. So, um, and at the very end of this episode, you'll also hear one of the segments that I do at least once a month with Katie Addis. So um, stay on the line or keep listening after we close out and you'll hear that fun segment as well. So I know everybody loves, everybody loves Katie and I do too.
1: plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile.
1: Let's do it. Are we ready? This came I think from I'm ready. Michelle in New Zealand. No. Right? I mean, that's... I was the ones I want people from New Zealand to call in, though, because I want to hear their accent. OK,
0: that is a challenge. <laughs> to, I know we have international <laughs> listeners. I know because I email do. with them. We have yeah. them in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Wales, the UK. All over And the they email us and they interact with us on social media. But so far, I do not think we have received a voice message from anyone with an accent.
1: Uh, we need that group. to happen. Yeah, we
0: really you, need just to. call us. We just want to hear your Just voice. call us. But Michelle has a great question. Um, and it's something we actually did an episode about. But it was so long ago that I just think it's we have so many new listeners. It's worth talking about again. So I'll read it. She says, hi, I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm a huge fan of your show. Listen to every every episode and love you, ladies. I was hoping you might do an episode on Pocket Money in the future, which is like allowances, right? I'm pretty oh, sure that's that's yeah. Brit speak or um <laughs> <laughs> um English for allowances. So right. pocket money. I have a five and seven year old boy and been wondering how to implement a pocket money system for ages now and would love to know what you both do especially around aspects such as whether the money is linked to chores which is that's always the big question or whether they are just expected to do chores because they're part of the family and everyone needs to contribute. Um, so this is that's oh, this is always like the big question. Allowances yeah. and paying for chores which I, I always think it's sort of two conversations but they have to overlap a little bit. You yeah, kind of have do to overlap. address. Yeah. So do you want to just give an update. Um, it was episode fifteen. Oh, I'll link it up. Yeah. We did do a whole show, but it's it's worth updating because this it's been a long yeah. time. So, how, what's this looking like in your family?
1: This is something that is in constant flux in my house. Um, right now, I would say I have kind of fallen. Our family structure has changed. I've sort of fallen into a different way of doing things than I had been, which was, I believe, when we re- recorded that episode. I want to say I was paying kids a dollar per year. Like, okay. so if like an eight-year-old would get eight bucks a week, you know, a week. Okay. Um, But the problem is, I mean, that, that works really well when they're little. I mean, it works really well to hand a five-year-old five bucks if, especially if they're, you know, contributing a lot and you can afford that and, and it's in your budget. It becomes less, it became less, Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, sustainable mm-hmm. when their needs got bigger and their, and their uh, years weren't keeping up Pace, you know, so like a 13 year old probably needs more than 13 bucks of pocket money depending on how much of life you have them cover for themselves like exactly if they go to the movies are they paying for it themselves right Um, and that's stuff that you have to kind of think about and I think it's okay for your systems to change yes Um, and for like Clara eight bucks a week is kind of overkill because she really doesn't spend any money everything she does is with me and like I pay for stuff when I take her out so I think I just kind of found that that was that worked really really well when like everyone was under 10 years old and suddenly I felt like I was just paying a bunch of money out every week and it didn't make sense anymore so so we shelved that um, <clears throat> Now the kids Don't really get allowances What they do is They have their chores That they do And everybody has to do Their chores Like they all have Pet chores that they do um, William is in charge Of the laundry right now Isaac always does recycling um, Owen does uh, I'm trying to think Owen does a bunch Of the pet care Claire does some of the pet care And some other things And that's just what they do That's just because They belong to our family um, right. And they have to contribute On top of that I also offer Um, opportunities to make a little more money on more of a sporadic basis, but I would say they have an opportunity pretty much every weekend Mm -hmm. to make 10 or 15 or 20 bucks, sometimes more for the older kids. And do they, I'm just going to
0: interrupt. Do they come to you motivated for that? Like, Hey, I need some money. What can I do? do Or do do you go to them and say, I need this done, (coughs) but I'll pay you.
1: Okay. Some, some come to me and some don't like Owen always wants money. He (laughs) is like a little miser and he wants to earn um, will wants money when he needs money, but he doesn't care about like stat. He doesn't care He's about stockpiling a- money. Yeah. yeah. And Jacob never cared about money. It was, I, it was really fascinating to me when Jacob was younger, how he could never have any money. Like it was fine <laughs> with him. If, yeah. if he didn't want to do chores or whatever the chore was that I was going to pay him for, he would just not do anything. Like he okay. didn't do anything that he would rather have complete control over his life. I think. Yeah. Um, and if if doing whatever extra chore was that I asked him to do wasn't on his agenda, then, you know, he, could go without. he just he just went without. Whereas other kids, um, like Isaac and Owen in particular are much more concerned about constantly having an influx of cash. So I think it really depends on the kid and their motivation level, um, how motivated by money they are. Right. And I think uh some kids are like William is just motivated by doing what I ask him to do. He's like good old reliable <laughs> William and he's just motivated by <laughs> pleasing us or being that kid, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and Claire is kind of a mix of the, the two right now. She wants money, but she doesn't really spend it. So she just kind of, she has like a little purse and it's, yeah, it's growing in there and she'll get it. She, she likes the idea of also getting money because the older kids do constantly. Um, and she for a while was kind of jealous that she wasn't getting bigger jobs that paid well. Even right. though she doesn't need the money. So I think it's I don't know, it's all over the place. What about you? What are you doing these days? Yeah, so um it's so it's so helpful to hear how it works in
0: your house, even for me. And I know you and I know your family, but it's just really helpful. So we my kids are nine, seven, and four and a half, almost five, and we do not do a weekly allowance. And it's not that I'm opposed to it, it's that I have just never really wanted to be the one managing all of those details. And we have found other ways to have them Make, earn, save money. Learn about money that have not involved a weekly allowance. So I'm not saying that's the right way to go. I'm just being honest that like we've gotten along without it so far. And like you said, Megan, our kids when we're out and about, we pay for stuff. Um, we don't give in to their every whim, but you know we're paying for it. when we go out to a movie as a family. We're paying for it. We're, we're they're young enough that they're not, they don't need the spending cash except for Pokemon cards and things they want to buy. So a right. couple of ways that. Um, Oh, and then paying for chores. I'll just answer that real quick and then I have a couple other thoughts. But um, we're similar. I will pay per chore... But they have to be things that really help me, number one. So, like, here's what happens in (laughs) my house. A kid will come to me and say, I really want this pack of Pokemon cards. Can I earn some money toward it? And my first question to myself and to them is always, are they pulling their weight in general? And are they up to date on things like keeping their room relatively clean? Are they clearing their plate? I'm not going to pay a kid to do a chore if that kid is not... Just in general, contributing. So yeah. often, I'll say, kind of well,
1: like extra credit. It's extra like credit. They only and, get it if they did everything else.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I do have kids who will want to go right to earning money, and they haven't, you know, maybe practiced piano that weekend or whatever it is. We're, I'm not a chore chart person, but we're in constant discussion about okay, especially on the weekends. We're like, I will actually make them each a little to do list on the weekend. Here's what, here's what you need to do. Everything from picking up your room to practicing piano to you know making sure your backpack's cleaned out from the week. Whatever. Those aren't really chores. They're just things that need to get done and I'm not going to pay you for something if those things aren't done. So that's one, one thing. And then I will pay them I tend to find really small jobs because they're young and they don't need a lot of money. So I will pay for mm-hmm. something, especially if it's something I've been putting off. Um, I will pay for I always have a ton of linens, like dish towels and cloth napkins because we use cloth napkins that mm-hmm. need folding. And I never fold them. I just keep them in a clean laundry basket and use them out of there. So I, I have like had a kid fold the entire laundry basket of clean dish towels and washcloths and napkins. And that's a great little kid job because they can do it. But it also is kind of a lot of work. And it's nice for me. I reap the benefits. So I I'm, I'm kind of yeah. stingy. I don't want to pay for chores that don't actually make my, make my <laughs> make my life better. better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally so agree. So I I do pay, but it's a little it's with that in mind. Um a couple other ways that we've just had money, money education and money learning happen without an allowance is um, so I made Brian read this book called The Opposite of Spoiled. So Brian, a personal financial planner as his profession, he works with people who are of retirement age and who have come into a lot of money, don't know what to do with it. A lot of them have terrible habits around money and have gotten into all kinds of trouble over time. So Brian's really I mean, he has a really good context for why this is important. And so um, there's a book called The Opposite of Spoiled. That I'll link to in the show notes by Ron Lieber. And it came so highly recommended by other parenting writers that I love that I just (laughs) delegated it to him to read. And he came up with um, a save, spend, give um, system with the kids. And he does it with them. This would not be something that I would have the um bandwidth in my brain to manage but they do it he has they have little boxes and he keeps a little ledger and we do match anything that they want to give so like allegra wants to give to the rescue mission for she's already talking about for thanksgiving time um for people who don't have enough money to eat and um so they have a little section where they can put stuff in to give to charity and we will match that they have a save section where there's some basic interest that grows with it um Mm -hmm. So I I say this with a caveat that like like it's too complicated for me, but it works for Brian because it's important to him and he's taken it over and he manages that with them. So um, that's worked really well, especially for if they get a lot of birthday money. Um, That tends to be where they get their money is they'll get some generous birthday gifts. And then now there's a system where I think 10 percent of it has to go into save and then the give is optional to them but we will match it so they don't have to give but we will match whatever they give so i'll link to that book and if you want to get more systematic that has worked well for us that's not really that's not really about chores it's more about sort of teaching that whole saving spending giving and just like you said megan they're so different i mean one clears out the spent whatever's available in the send spend (laughs) section gets spent it's like Reed will invent a place to go so he can go spend $4 and then be down to zero and Allegra yeah. saves more, which is interesting. So,
1: Well, and I think, you know, one thing I want to mention, two things. I, I love that you both, that we both kind of admitted to being too lazy to do allowances because <laughs> that's really kind of what it comes down to, right? Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was just constantly having to go to the bank and get out right the right denominations of cash and then have it on hand on Friday when they started coming around with their grubby little paws out <laughs> and... I also felt like that system was rife for being abused. So I'd have like literally some kids would come to me with their hands out. Owen would come (laughs) to me and just be like, where's my money? And then, it would take like for me to actually do the mental gymnastics to figure out if he did all the things he needed to do to earn that allowance yeah was just too much and i knew i was like letting it slip sometimes with him because he was so persistent and And i'd be like okay well just make sure you get to it later because i just want to capitalize on your
0: inability to remember like they will
1: absolutely (laughs) yep yes and it's never fair to the kids who who are less money driven because they don't really care that much and they'll you know they'll be you know sometimes more Honest about what they got done, so yes, i bought I, I bowed out of traditional allowances for many reasons, but one of them is just I couldn't hack it anymore. Um, but I also love that you said every, you know the the kids are so different thing. I think it's really important that we realize that we can help kids make the most of their particular money personalities, but no amount of education that we do is going to change the way they relate to money entirely, right. like, Some kids are always going to be misers. Some kids are always going to be more spendthrift. Like Mm -hmm. the best we can do is help them figure out a system that works for them, Mm -hmm. um, and not try to like expect that because we start talking about it early, suddenly they're going to yeah they're going to become penny pinchers if they're not or whatever it is. Like they are their own people, and that relates to everything, including um, how they spend. And I think there's ways um, for people who are a little less organized or maybe a little looser with their cash Mm -hmm. to kind of almost like workarounds or like little tricks. For me, like I'm someone who would spend everything I have only because I kind of lose track and I have um magical thinking sometimes about money (laughs) is I don't know like more will come yeah um so for me it makes more sense to be an active money manager in Uh that I spend out to savings like I don't I I want to do something with my money. Um, If I don't do something with it, you're not just going to leave it there. It won't just grow. If you leave it It, there, it'll get spent. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it has to be a very active thing. Like I'm taking this money and moving it into that place to be spent on that. And I do a lot of um, like really hands. Like I'm, I'm in my budget daily, Mm -hmm. moving things around, checking in to see where I'm at. And I, that is just, that's how my mind works. And that's never not going to work that way. So I don't know. Just want to put that that that, caveat.
0: yeah, and that is actually what's I think been really cool about the system that Brian implemented, and all the credit goes to him. Is there is phys- these are physical little boxes with three parts, and mm-hmm. there is physical money in them, and he's the banker. He keeps it in his closet, and you know every so often they'll go to him, and they can see what's available to be spent, what's available, what's what they are saving, and the savings works like it has to stay in there for at least six months, but it grows with interest or something like that, and then the give, and so yeah. yeah, it's tangible, and they can move it around, or they can see what's there. Um, I wanted to offer another suggestion. If you feel like um, you don't want to do weekly allowance, but want to start kind of dabbling. I feel like anytime that you go on like either a family trip or a weekend or even just a fun excursion, I think it's really helpful for kids to have. We've even done it like at the farmer's market, like given them each five dollars at the farmer's market and just said, this is yours to spend today on whatever you want and you you will see kids you'll see like you said these little personality things start to come out about the decisions that they make around money Allegra takes forever Mm -hmm. to make decisions it's actually really hard for her so we've had to give her um, like more practice at that Mm -hmm. so even if you don't do a weekly allowance I think um, fun excursions fun family outings or weekend trips or vacations are another great time to say you do have an allowance you have it for today or for this vacation and here's what it is and here's what you can spend it on and then you can kind of like dabble in that and let your kids experience that without having to commit to a pocket money system
1: right I yeah. just wanted
0: to say pocket money again pocket money I really yes. want Michelle to call us and say pocket money <laughs> <laughs> um well that was good I feel like that was a good recap and it was it's again it's um episode 15 that we talked a lot about yeah um, it's more about chores and delegation but we got into this allowance stuff so okay so should we listen to the next question let's it comes do it from Allison hi Megan and Sarah.
2: Um, me and my husband have a three-year-old son and we always thought we wanted to have more than one child. We always planned to have two, but now that we're out of uh, the baby stage and things are a lot easier and more fun, it's sort of difficult to make the choice to have another one and get back into diapers and sleep deprivation and all that goes into having a little baby. Um, so just curious how you guys kind of psyched yourself up to get back into the baby stage. Um, and if that was a tough decision for you, thank you so much.
1: Well, Allison, I'll tell you one really easy way to, um, psych yourself up for it is to just get pregnant without meaning to and (laughs) then you'll find you have very little choice and you've got nine months to get ready but I do hear you because with the kids that of mine that were uh, more planned definitely there was that like oh man you know we just got done with this like we just got done with diapers or they're just now sleeping through the night um and I that was for me probably with four and five um was the one where I felt like, like I was going so far backward almost. Mm, like, mm-hmm. gosh, you know, I just went through this really intense phase of life and had baby after baby, and now I've kind of had a little bit of a chance, like a breather from it, and now I'm going right back into it. And I don't know. We did a whole episode about yeah. whether you want to have another baby or not, and I wish I could give, like, a really good piece of advice right now, but I, I just think it's one of those things, like, either you can't – either your family is not complete mm-hmm. without this other baby or – Or it could be. And that's like a big determining factor. It is. And there's a reason
0: why that's one of our most popular episodes ever. I think it's episode seven. Um, I think what I would say to Allison is there's a bunch of like your own psychology at work here. Like when I when you think about starting over, you're actually remembering yourself as a new mom and how everything was the first time around. And I think it might be helpful to remind yourself that you don't have to go back to that place. Like, right. yes, you, you you do go back to sleepless nights and tiny diapers and all of that. But you don't you're not actually going back in time and you're not actually the same mom the second right. time around. So yes. I think, um, number one, I think that might be helpful to remember that you have come so far. Um, and it does. I, I don't know if I'm just interpreting, but it does sound like they do really want the second baby. It's more just right. mentally getting there yeah. like, OK, here we go. Um, and I can relate to that for sure. Um, I thought I wanted a bigger gap between my second and having a third baby. I thought we'd wait even a few years. And actually, what motivated me to just space them just a couple of years apart was actually like just wanting to get it over with for the same reason. So I mean, like just like okay, we just—I know it's going to be hard. Let's just do it. So I totally really. I also think. there's can be some guilt about feeling that way or shame Mm -hmm. about that ambivalence. And I think we should remove that right away because it's okay to feel ambivalent about not being sure what you want out of growing your family like that. You are not a bad person or you do not need to feel guilty for not wanting to be up all night again. Like, and and I think that should be said because I think as soon as we have those thoughts as moms, we immediately judge those thoughts and be like, well, I'm now I'm a terrible person because I always wanted two kids and I can't you know and i'm it's stressing me out so yeah. at least give yourself permission to have those hesitations and not also beat yourself up for them does that make sense i,
1: I wanted to mention the thing you said about it. it's not literally going back and it's not you're not going to be that person you were again and what's really interesting is my it got harder and harder for me um with every kid i added was harder physically mm-hmm. than the kid before so two was harder than one three was harder than two blah 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 but i felt better -hmm. With every kid. So, even as the workload, I would say Clara was the easiest for lots and lots and lots of reasons, um, which I don't really need to go into. Maybe part of it was just because I'd forgotten by that point, (laughs) like how hard the first one was or whatever. I really had no, like, almost frame of reference because I just completely had mom amnesia, which also happens. Um, But somehow, even as, like, Owen was my fourth, he was the hardest baby I had, bar none, Mm -hmm. hands down, hardest. He screamed all the time. He was huge, so he (laughs) ate constantly. It was like a ten pound baby and he just nursed constantly. Oh my gosh. Um my kids were little. The other ones were still too young yeah. to leave. Yeah. So I had to take them all everywhere I went. Oh my. And um we were living I don't remember now like what the living situation was. I just remember being like super stressed. Oh, I started my freelance writing career, so like I was busy all the time. Yeah. Um and even though that all those things were true, I still felt better about myself as a mom and really enjoy the memories of Owen as a baby more than I did any of the like three two or one like yeah. it just you change you get more confident you learn how to th- you get to like this more pride in yourself like mm-hmm. look at me like look what I'm doing yeah I'm so I don't know and that maybe isn't everyone's experience but for me that was part of what made it possible to keep having more yeah <laughs> I, I would, would be like oh I know I would gonna say gonna be super hard but yeah okay. I would say
0: that was actually pretty similar with Violet she was the hardest pregnancy and hardest baby um but I was in my groove I had two like Two side jobs. I was like, my other kids were four and two. I was like kicking butt in a way, but it was super, super hard. So I do think knowing that you'll be stronger, you'll be different than the first time around, um, could be really helpful. Also. I I mean, this is not really my advice. I always hear this said when talking about adding to your family, but it is really good advice. And that is to picture your family like 10 years from now, you know, and think about how many people do you want around that table? Exactly. Like, and and I'm not always good at that. I'm I'm like a really good short term planner. And I sort of forget the five and 10 year plan sometimes. But it's a great exercise to just think about if you need just if you know, you want to do it, and you just need the sort of psychological push to get over that hump. Think about that, you know, whatever it's a, it's a 10 and a five year old who you get to go do fun things with as a family and travel with or it's the sibling relationship that you're hoping they'll have or whatever it is sort of fantasize about what this looks like after the baby stage. Because as we all know, it's, it does pass and it is hard um, and it yeah. will be hard probably. But you you don't know if it is going to be an easy baby or a hard baby. Yeah, you can't you predict that. So um, I do think that future casting a little farther ahead might maybe get you more excited, especially if you don't love. I mean, some people truly don't love the baby phase and that's OK. That's another thing not to feel well, guilty about. And
1: the, the thing with the new baby is no matter what. There's going to be like you're starting back at the beginning. So no yeah. matter mo- whichever phase it is you don't love, you're going to sap- that's <laughs> going to happen to you.
0: So, For us it's one year olds, yeah. right? Both and
1: honestly, I loved newborns and I love little babies like probably up to about 10 months is like my yeah. favorite. That whole first year, um, but I, at some point, just kind of realized I couldn't just keep having more kids just to get that first 10 months <laughs> yeah. because then they become 11 months old yeah, and that's and, when it
0: And sucks. then they become 15 months old and we've <laughs> right. well-documented how we yes. feel about one-year-olds. Exactly. Um, so Allison, I hope this was a little bit helpful and you're definitely not alone. I, I mean, I hear this from moms a lot, even if they're sure they want to add that next baby, just right. the like, oh, here we go, here we go. Luckily you have nine months to prepare, prepare at exactly. least.
1: that's from our ourplace.com code momour. Sarah, our sponsor Haya Health makes a kids daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? to grow into healthy adults. Okay. We've got another question. Mm -hmm. All All
0: right. right. This question is from Renee. And I have to say first, Renee called back and left a second message that was so sweet. And it was just, basically how much she loves the show. And I just want to say, Renee, that meant so much to us. We won't play that because it's sort of Um, (laughs) self-congratulatory.
1: You we don't like self-congratulatory things? I mean, we We do. do.
0: But maybe our listeners would just rather hear her question. But she called back just to leave another message just to say nice things. And it was so nice. So, Okay, here's Renee's question.
3: Hi there. My name's Renee, and I'm a mom of four little kids with ages ranging from 14 months to six years old. My question for you is if you've ever dealt with helping kids break... Uh, habits. I have one little girl who is five years old, who seems to always be putting things in her mouth. She is always chewing on the baby's toys, which doesn't really bother me so much because I know she can't choke on them. But she's recently started doing things like putting her hair in her mouth, um, like from her ponytail. I've tried tying it up so many different ways and doing so many different things, but nothing is... um, seeming to help. And she's also putting things from around the house in her mouth and there's no way that I can possibly pack up everything around our house even when it comes to things like pencil erasers. I just can't seem to get her to stop putting things in her mouth and I'm worried that she's going to choke and swallow things. And actually, just yesterday, she put a peppermint in her mouth that she's not supposed to grab from my purse, and she did swallow it in the van, and nothing bad happened, except that I think it hurt for a while going down. Um, I'd like to say it served as a little bit of a lesson, but I don't think so. She's pretty hard-headed. And anyways, I'm just wondering if you can weigh in with anything. I thought maybe it'd be a little topic. And yeah, if you have any suggestions, that would be awesome. Thanks so much.
0: Okay, Renee, thanks for sending in this question. This is a different one than we've taken, um, The different from a lot of the ones we get. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that we're not experts. We always have to give that disclaimer. And Um, I think I have kids who are super mouthy and are otherwise well adjusted (laughs) developmentally on track. mouthy, it makes me think of something totally different. Yeah, it is. You're right. Mouthy means something else, but or like oral fixation. And so I'm going to tell you how normal I think this is. But before I tell you how normal I think it is, um, I will say that I know kids with some sensory issues or some other just struggles that are going on as they grow and develop can also be super chewy. And so I would Mm -hmm. just say that like if you feel like this is part of something bigger and something else, not that that's any big deal or anything to worry about or feel bad about, you might want to ask someone. That's all I'll say. And I don't yeah. mean that in an alarmist way. I just don't want to get into our answer and not say that because I do yeah. I have a couple of friends with kids with sensory issues that are well managed sensory issues. Um and I know that chewing on stuff can be one way that manifests. But having said that, I have kids who don't have sensory issues, <laughs> who chew their clothes, bite their yep. nails, chew their hair. And it's so gross and so annoying. So I would just want to also empathize with you. And I, um, I am someone who can really get annoyed by silly things like this and once you mm-hmm. notice it as a mom it's so hard to unnotice it right. um, like we've talked before on the show about kids and like like noises just like unnecessary noises that they make either tapping yeah. or Allegra does clicking with her mouth I can say mm-hmm. that and she could even listen to this she knows that it drives me nuts so yeah it's like two different things we're talking about like bad habits and sort of learning to maybe ignore to an extent or manage your own frustration as a mom and then also helping kids break habits that truly are not good for their health or a problem so maybe i don't know megan do you want to dive in on like one or the other of those because i feel like it's kind of two different
1: things well one thing i will say i excuse me um I had super like oral fixations when I was a kid. I chewed my clothes. I chewed my hair. I did all the gross things that I can't stand when my kids do. Right. I, I did he too. used to bite his own toenails. I don't know if he does that anymore. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I realized I had not clipped his toenails in forever. And he's like, oh, so I just chew them off, which was really, really <laughs> gross. But um, oh, anyway, the more people called attention to it, the worse yeah. it got for me. So yeah. that that's really tricky. Like... I think I truly didn't outgrow it until I realized, until I was old enough to realize other people thought it was weird and I cared. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, it was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being 11 and still wanting really badly to like chew the straps of my first purse I got, like mm-hmm. just wanted to real bad. So I think if it's something like that, if it's like a, almost like a tick or like a nervous habit, mm-hmm. um, trying to get your kid to stop my actually backfire. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, maybe some substitutions would have been good. Like um, something that I could chew on that wasn't disgusting.
0: Yeah. They have, (laughs) they do have stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, gum. I hadn't thought about gum and that might be a can of worms for a five year old, but um, they even make um, like kind of like the teething necklaces that you see Mm -hmm. moms wear with teething babies. They make stuff that's safe to chew on. Um, so, I, yeah, I think substitution is a great idea, especially if it, it just is something that's just really hard to break. Um,
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that um I think that that's one, I guess, one point I would make. Um And you said what the other you thought there were two questions here. To well, answer, I think Sarah?
0: I think one is helping kids break bad habits or or setting boundaries about things that you really do so one is kind of ignoring and not drawing attention to it and kind of letting it go as a mom and the other side is actually helping kids maybe break a habit that really does need to stop in this case I think we're kind of talking a little bit about both but I think like you said substitution or having something that's okay to chew um, would be great especially for a five year old because it doesn't sound like you're probably going to break her of this habit altogether there's something going on and like we've said I think it's super normal like I have there was a whole year where Allegra couldn't wear long sleeve shirts because she'd just eat them all They were just gone. Like (laughs) she just chew on the end of her long sleeve. Luckily we live in Southern California. Yeah. Um and so I think it's super normal and I remember I remember when I was eight I put one of those you know those little pop-up things where you turn they're a little circle when you turn them inside out and set them on the table they pop up really high they get them in like goodie bags and stuff so there was a mini one of those and I was chewing on that when I was eight and I swallowed it I mean eight I was way old enough not to put small toys in my mouth and I swallowed it and it scared me so Renee maybe the story about your daughter being a little bit afraid when she swallowed the peppermint maybe that is because that's what i remember thinking is like oh that was a little scary like i did not mean to swallow a pop-up thing and it
1: may take several experiences like that and it may take her being old enough to also you know she may be scared of it but she might not have the impulsive um or the impulse control yeah needed to stop just because she knows it's a bad idea
0: yeah um, so <laughs> i think when kids i think when we can empathize with kids that everybody has habits um that they're working on and why instead of just stop doing that take it out of your mouth take it out of your mouth which i right. get, is that's like how we it's just how we are um taking a step back a little bit and Number one, making sure the child understands why something's not safe or not healthy or why are we trying to break this habit? You're not just nagging, but there's safety reasons and you know, reasons why it's not appropriate to put everything in our mouth. So making sure she understands that, making sure there's a substitution, I think is a really good idea. And then drawing some boundaries about what's not okay to put in your mouth. Like it is not okay. And you can decide what those are, but maybe as you think through this, maybe you get a little more lenient about that, knowing that you're probably not going to break the habit altogether. So you're going to let her put some things in her mouth that are safe you're going to ignore some of it and then and then set some boundaries about the things that are truly not safe and not appropriate right. to put in your mouth yeah. and see if you I can totally kind agree. of like come up with that cocktail and then just remind yourself that it's it's normal and it's like yeah. a lot of kids do that I mean a lot chewing on clothes a lot of hair do it. yeah so
1: yeah. yeah yeah and and I do think that you know if, if by offering alternatives the more you can do that um and yeah, and focusing on the safety aspect and like what's appropriate to chew and what's not rather than why do you always have everything in your mouth. Right. Um, was more helpful.
0: I wonder. Yeah, I'm, I'm now I don't know because I'm not an expert. I wonder, like, it's got to be just kind of an age. I mean, we're all remembering doing it and having our kids right. do it. Um, I do feel like Allegra, who's the the, the one who's done this the most is kind of outgrowing it at nine, nine and a half. Although Violet yeah. choose Violet bites her nails and chews her hair. So I shouldn't say, so I've got another one coming up, <laughs> coming yeah. up the pike. So um, yeah, I I feel yeah. I think um, sometimes we also fixate. I think that's the other thing is once you notice something annoying, your you kid is doing, you can't stop yet. noticing. And that's, I go back to my friend, Catherine who read that book, ignore it. Like so mm-hmm. much of, so much of making our own parenting experience more enjoyable is select. Ignoring the stuff that drives us nuts and that is more about our reaction than the kids' well-being. So Absolutely. that's hard. I don't yeah, know what else to say. That's hard. It's
1: really hard, but it's worth it, and it makes your whole life better. So. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> also, I thought Renee should meet our other listener from last week, um, who's about to have four kids under whatever age, because that's another listener who has four r- really. Closely spaced and hands full of four little kids. So hats off to you, Renee. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So before we wrap up a couple things, um, I want to let our listeners know that Life Listened has another new podcast coming out um so when you are listening to this there should be a teaser a little preview live in your podcast feed uh, for a new show called crunchy cocktail hour so you would go search up as the kids say search up crunchy cocktail hour and you'll see a little preview of what their show is going to be about and then it comes out um october 20th so coming up really soon and that's going to be all about green living healthy living um and it's going to be a great show
1: i'm really so excited about like our network and how it's growing, and we've I got know. all these great new shows. And like, I feel like you can just jump from our show right to all the other shows in the network, and you never have to like even leave, <laughs> go anywhere <laughs> else, You just stay. I with mean, them. you can, you absolutely should, because we all know podcasts are amazing, and you know, there's a lot of great ones out there. Yeah. But I just feel like we're offering now so much content. Yeah, you could really just bop from life listen show to life listen
0: show. It's fun. It's super exciting, and this this show in particular, what I love about what they're doing with like clean clean living, clean eating, organic. Green Living, all of that, is that one of them is like a full-blown, crunchy, committed. And the other, so Larissa's super crunchy. Allison is kind of more skeptical and sort of plays the straight man in that relationship. So it's not necessarily a show for people who are committed to being everything organic, green living all the way. Right. It's more for those who kind of want to do a little better, like need someone to cut through all the hype. Larissa's yes. amazing at like knowing the research and knowing the products that are out there and then Allison sort of is like, yeah, like I- I'm We're dabbling. I'll try. Yeah. 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 So, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be a great show and again, you can go to crunchycocktailhour.com. That's their website um or just search it in wherever you get your podcasts and as of now there will be a short little teaser for you to listen to but then you can subscribe and then you'll get notified when the first official episode goes up. So nice. Yeah. OK, so stay with us. I've got a little segment with Katie coming up. And otherwise, head to themomhour.com. This was episode 123. One, two, three. Um, and there you'll find all the info about our sponsors and ev- anything we talked about today that we want to link to. So
1: thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Sarah here, and I am here with Katie Addis. Hey, Katie. Hey, Sarah. So Katie joins us once a month for a fun little segment about life in the trenches as a mom of really little ones, which Megan and I don't have anymore. So Katie always has a struggle, a discovery, and a success, and we just chat about what's going on in her life. So what have you got? So I'm starting with a struggle, and this
2: struggle has been since I first found out I was pregnant, and that was what was I going to do professionally? Was I going to be a part-time working mom? Was I going to be a full-time working mom, stay-at-home mom? What was that going to look like in my life? And I can't say that I've come to a right answer, but I've come to a resolution for now. For now. Tell everybody what you did So pre-kids. Yes. So pre-kids, I was a high school English teacher and Annalie was born in, in December of 2014. So I took the rest of that academic year off, which was considered a leave because it extended beyond mm-hmm. the time allowed. So in my particular school district, I was allowed two one year, up to one year leaves mm-hmm. each time Okay. in a four year period. Okay. So I took that one leave, that was one check. And then the next year I went back at a very part-time capacity things fell into place in a very fortuitous way that let me only work what was considered a 20% Mm -hmm. contract. Mm -hmm. So I went in essentially to leadership team Mm -hmm. meetings twice a week. Mm -hmm. And it was like the perfect arrangement
0: ever. For your first baby, like have have some connection to your pre-kids job, but don't have to worry about 40 hours of Milk pumping. Exactly. We talked about Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Staying relevant, yeah. maintaining those professional yeah. relationships, staying current, all of those things. And then I found out I was pregnant. And so once again, I was plagued with this question. And um, then I, so I had him in September of 2016. And that then I took a second full Mm -hmm. year, full academic year leave. And so I'm all out of leaves and um, I was just slapped in the face with the decision and I needed to make it. And I decided that for now, what is best for our lives and what I want for quality of life for me and my family, um, I resigned from teaching which was really it's still hard and I still don't know if that's the best decision but if I have any words of advice to moms out there it would be to find out the whole story yeah of what implications there are Mm -hmm. when you do resign Mm -hmm. like are there part-time options that that have been unexplored what Mm -hmm. are the ramifications of exiting if you're a teacher specifically does that mean ten year goes away mm-hmm. I found out actually it was very reassuring for me that if I re-enter the same district mm-hmm. within 39 months okay so what like really weird yeah, time that frame is a weird... it's not three academic years it's not three calendar yeah. years <laughs> okay. I don't know where they got this is ed code okay but um I will not lose my they will bridge year. okay so yeah <laughs> basically I'm just 39 n- months from now
0: and, going yeah, to new be a decision to make new crossroads, yeah, yeah. So um anyway yeah, that's real. I would love to hear. We have a lot of teacher mom listeners, those who are in the classroom and those who have left the classroom. I'd love to hear from people on how they handled this, and also any teachers who've gone back in. I know. I mean, I, I when I was connected to a lot of stay-at-home moms in my early mom days, several were teachers who had decided to stay home. Especially teacher salaries, as we know, are. It's not like you can pay for full-time childcare and then you're netting out a whole bunch more, like right. you know. So it makes that decision. For some teachers to be, you know, and then to go back later. And I think a lot do. So I love, if there's anybody out there who has gone back into the classroom after staying home with little ones, I think that would be interesting to hear from, don't you think?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as, a, as an addition to that, I would love to know if you shared the same misconception as I did, slight misconception. So I just believed that teaching was the best field to get into because I thought it was the profession that was most conducive to motherhood because your calendar It isn't though.
0: It is not. So a long time ago, do you remember I did a working mom episode? I interviewed three working moms and one of them is Elizabeth Chapman who blogs at Teaching Sam and Scout and she's a great supporter of the podcast. She's an awesome blogger. But she and I talked about that when I interviewed her. She's a high school English teacher, I think. Right. I follow her blog now. And she was saying the same thing that like summers off and vacations off are great, but there is very little flexibility, like day of. If you have a sick kid or something come up, like you, you're not really available. You can't have your phone out with you. Like no. it's actually totally not flexible if you think about it. But I agree, it is. It's like we have this perception that it's a family friendly, and and don't get me wrong, I think there are probably some perks that make it family friendly. Summers off is right. obviously a big one, right? But very little flexibility when you're in the classroom and your kid is wherever they're gonna be. I Absolutely, mean, you need and to then- have your childcare. Like second and third options lined up.
2: Yeah. And then and then the take home workload is a whole right, other yes. topic in conversation yeah. that we don't have to get into. Yeah. But I mean that's a huge factor that yeah. weighed, I know
0: into my decision. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. Well, congrats, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> well, um, we'll just go and yes. right into my discovery. So it is a grocery sc- store discovery. Oh, and uh, a few months back, I was on a road trip, and I happened to be in the state of Nevada. Okay, I'm not sure where else this grocery store is. Listeners, you can uh, bank in on this too. But I discovered a Winco.
0: Okay, I always hear store. about Winco.
2: I think that aren't they Southern? I don't
0: know. I mean, this was Nevada, so yeah, I feel like Nevada, like. She is like it's a cousin of Texas. Oh, a cousin citizen. of the South. <laughs> okay. Um, no, okay. I have heard of Winco. I don't think I've been in one. Okay. Well, so I just feel
2: like it is, let me characterize Winco for you. I feel like it's a smart and final meets um, like a big box conventional grocery okay. store. So kind of it has that, but, but also, but also like with the touch of uh whole foods okay. or a wholesome choice in that not necessarily in the in the organic yeah. natural ingredients but in the serve yourself bulk. bulk okay oh the bulk
0: that was one I of the I wonder if it's also kinda features. like Aldi because Megan's a huge Aldi person and Aldi has recently come to Southern California. I have not checked one out. I don't even know where one is um close I close to us. Yeah probably Far they're not close away. enough. Yeah they're us, not close enough but they are here in Orange County now so okay Winco. Okay yeah she, Winco
2: um, so cheap. Okay, yeah. so I just have this thing for grocery stores. I don't know what it is. Like if I am in a different, con- uh, well, in a different country too, but in a different state, like I will specifically like to scope out grocery stores. And I just feel like it represents so much that of the area. culture in <laughs> that yeah, area. I can and that. I know when I studied abroad in London, when I was in college, Sainsbury, mm-hmm. any UK listeners? Yeah, or Tesco. Sing? I Te- oh i didn't know tesco okay
0: yeah i'll have Tesco's to, is like big box over there
2: oh okay so. well next time i'm in london yeah. which i'm sure is going to be soon yeah. real soon i'll <laughs> i'll check it out but um so i i went in there big bulk i went in to get chocolate covered gummy bears Ooh. and candy chocolate it's expensive yeah and yeah. winco i'm telling you it was the cheapest oh wow i got like half a bag and of just those clear plastic yeah. standard size bags and it was maybe two dollars oh wow for half a bag. Yeah. It was incredible. I wish I could go back right now and you want to go to Winco.
0: I want to go to Winco. But then you'd have to be in Nevada in the summer. I'm sorry Nevada. <laughs> I know we have Nevada listeners. It's my I have PTSD from living in Arizona the in the heat. summer. And it's oh, hot heat. here right now so Oh, it was yeah. the heat yeah. is hard. No offense Nevada.
2: We really? love Winco.
0: Yeah, we do love Winco. Um, okay, what's next? And then a success other than my chocolate covered gummy
2: bears is Kyle and I, my husband, we are coming up on our seven year wedding oh, anniversary. Nice. And we are going to have a night away <gasps> from both kids. Yay. And the only downside is that our pump will be accompanying. Us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can ask Megan baby. how I can program my pump to say, Happy anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one night. Now, in our breastfeeding episode, we learned that you can really, especially if your baby's a year, you can go away for a night and not pump. I never did it. I know. But you can. I mean, longer stretches, I'm yeah. okay with, but a full
2: 24-hour yeah. cycle, yeah. gotta have the That's pump. Right. I always,
0: one year was always about, like a year to 15 months was always about when I was felt okay about leaving for a night. Yes. And even if I was still breastfeeding, just bring the pump. And, you know, only needing to pump a couple of times. Right, right. Not having, not being super uncomfortable. So. Yeah, but this will be the first time
2: that we will ever be leaving Luke. We've okay. left Anna Lee before, but it's just been a long time for Kyle and me to have time to ourselves. Yeah. And I think the more kids you add, the more necessary yeah. time away yeah. is. But, but also the harder. The less, Yeah, the less time yeah. you actually have to get yeah. away. So. It's tough managing yeah. it all, having time for your relationship well, good for and you guys. having time for yourself. Yeah. Good for you guys for taking that time away. That's exciting. Where are you going? We're going to San Diego. Oh, nice. So the gas lamp quarter. Oh, nice. I, I'm kind of a foodie, so mm-hmm. I could literally spend a vacation just yeah. eating, just planning yeah. out. Okay, I'm going to have breakfast here, yeah. a snack there. Yeah. I mean, Fun. I guess you guys figured that out based yeah. on my Winco yeah. love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a foodie, but you're not super discriminate. <laughs> you just <laughs> like food. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this segment. Um, if there's anything we talked about, like where to find Wincos near you, I will throw them in the show notes for this episode. And Katie will be back with us in a few weeks. Sounds good. Right, See you bye. all later.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica.
0: keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code TheMomHour to save 20%.
0: Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.